The following is a condensed audio extract of our latest podcast episode on Facebook Live. To watch the episode in its entirety, find Supernatural Confessions and like us on Facebook. Player. Supernatural. Is anyone here? Can you just give us a sign? Supernatural. Confessions. All right, welcome to another episode of Supernatural Confessions. It is Tim O, along, of course, with Eugene Tay. All right. Big announcement today by our very own Prime Minister saying that we're going to be implementing some regulations over the next few weeks because of the whole COVID-19 situation. Um, and because you're going to find yourself at home a whole lot more, uh, we're going to ramp up our whole... Um, Supernatural Confessions content providing, okay? Starting, of course, with tonight's episode. But speaking of COVID, this is now the latest deterrent, keeping people at home instead of breaking curfew and breaking their quarantine as well. In fact, we have some very creative individuals, not just across the causeway, but over uh, in Indonesia as well. In fact, over in central Java, I think it just came in today, there was uh, reports, okay, of people dressing up like pochongs, there you, you know, go. Just to scare kids from staying out too late at night. So then you have to ask yourself, which is more deadly, which is scarier, the pochong or the coronavirus? And this is not something new to me. Like even when you're serving NS days, right? Mm. We would be the most gung-ho soldiers. We would, you know, insects, we sleep with scorpions and, and, and centipedes. We would fight the, our enemies. We are trained to die. But the minute you say there's a Pontiana in the forest, <laughs> we are out of there and we ain't fighting, right? Yeah, it's great to know where our priorities lie. Of course, the uh, this uh, example over in uh, Java with the Pochongs is not the only one we've, we've seen. Over the last couple of days, we also saw another example, except this one coming from across the causeway where I believe in Tringanu, a man was standing on top of his roof dressed like a hantu, alright, a ghost. I'm not sure what kind of hantu. But anyway, standing there to scare teenagers basically back into their houses. I believe over in India, a man is actually walking around. He's a police officer wearing a helmet. It looks like a monster helmet. It looks like a giant virus uh, to scare children in going back home. And based on the news reports that have been coming out, it's actually worked. This only happens, I think, mostly in Asia. Yeah, but uh, interesting. How soon do you think it'll be before we actually start seeing movies and films of a supernatural nature revolving around the COVID-19 virus? This year or next might be a little bit too soon, but give it five years, uh, more movies like that will come up. So let's move on um, to basically just a bit of a flashback, okay? Last week on our Facebook Live episode of this podcast, uh, we were talking about urban legends. Mm. And of course, we were encouraging our uh, supernatural confessors uh, on our private group page. If you haven't joined us, please uh, just join the, the Facebook private group for supernatural confessions. Um, these were actually brought up Esther says, have you guys heard about the stick man and blood on a paper to invite a friend? Uh, all you have to do is draw a pentacle on a piece of paper. Do you know what a pentacle is? Circle with five stars. Okay, so what is the difference between a pentacle and a pentagram? A pentacle is the star, the pentagram is the star with a circle. No, actually no? it's the other way. A pentagram is just the star, but ah. a pentacle is a star within the circle. I see. All right, so Esther says you should draw a pentacle on a piece of paper, and then you draw a stick man in the middle, right? And then what you do is you drip a few drops of your own blood 
onto the stick figure, drawn in the pentacle, and you will have a BFF with you for life. Have you heard about this before? No, I have not. This, okay. But um, I would definitely want to invite you guys who are listening in, who are skeptics, to try it out and then uh, let us know, confess your experience to us on Supernatural Confessions. Let us know if it works. That's right. Yeah, I love the way he beat me to the punch. I was going to suggest that Eugene actually try it tonight, but I think he just uh, tai chi it onto yeah. our confessors. This whole pentacle thing, it sounds very Wiccan in nature. What I mean, in your experience talking uh, with... Uh, you know witchcraft and all that is does this even sound like it would fall in that realm it's only weakened because there's a pentacle involved there's a stick figure or in this case a, a replication of an effigy and blood hmm. so if you look okay. at all the horror movies and occult this is very much in the realm of weaken uh, magic witch magic witchcraft. yeah sounds like something that was taken off the movie the craft right yeah yeah okay monica says don't shine your torch light on trees at night. This has been told many times during secondary school camps. Uh, what is the what is the story? I mean, even as boys going to the national service, we were also told never to shine your torch lights at um, at trees. And I'm sure you've done guard duty a few times. Yeah. You were also told not to do this, right? I, I can't remember if I actually mentioned this in one of the podcast episodes. Maybe I did. Uh, it was a guard duty. Um, mm. Two soldiers went around this was Salita base camp uh, back in um, Salita army camp yeah school of logistics they were going around uh, the, the camp for guard duty and someone flashed a torchlight up in a tree and saw a what he claimed to be a woman in white and long hair sitting on a branch he was telling his friend hey there is something there but before he could finish his words that creature swooped down and entered his body uh, so wow. there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of stories uh, similar to that nature where if you shine your torchlight up in a tree you may be unfortunate enough to spot something and you get attacked oh okay 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 and we've mentioned many many times Eugene particularly that uh, trees are usually where spirits tend to uh, call their homes right yeah. and so the same way you would not disrespect somebody in their home you don't really want to disrespect someone in a tree <laughs> same thing right? same thing Okay, Ray says, don't open an umbrella inside your house at night because a spirit may hide inside the umbrella and you might release it in your home. And this is very interesting because I have heard uh, about not bringing an open umbrella into your home, right? But for a completely different reason. I believe during the seven-month uh, episode of our audio podcast, uh, we talked about how umbrellas actually have quite an association when it comes to funerals yes, okay yes. and so if you carry an open umbrella into your home uh, a spirit uh, from a funeral may just follow you in it might be thinking that you're trying to lead him uh, to the next place that it's supposed to go to i've never heard about whole spirits hiding in an umbrella i've not heard of, heard of that one as well but it could be a a um, you know an uh, offshoot of the idea of leading a spirit with the umbrella for those of mm. us uh, those of you guys listening in who's not familiar with that culture uh, in Asia when you send the dead off um, in, when, through the what do you call it the crematorium and you have to pick up the ashes put it into the urn and bring the urn from the crematorium into the columbium and you mm. actually have to bring with an umbrella to protect to guide the spirit to follow you to the new home. So with that idea, uh, some people have said that if the spirit doesn't want to live in a new home, it wants to follow you back because it misses their family, it may continue 
staying under the umbrella because that's oh. that's his temporary home so if you okay. bring that umbrella around not knowing the spirit in, inside hmm. then you could unwittingly bring that spirit back home so yeah there is okay. some truth to that Actually, now that we're talking about this, I think in, in one of my uh, previous audio podcasts, uh, one of my guests, Sam, actually mentioned something about not picking up umbrellas off the street. Okay, don't bring it home with you. And a thought just uh, occurred to me as well. You know how over the, there's been a trend or rather a, a, a long running theme, right, that a lot of these um, urban legends and these myths and these stories that are told to us passed from one generation to another basically they they are used to reinforce a particular lesson right to police good behavior and for all you know this story came up because you know people were tired of you know members of the public stealing the umbrellas yeah so I, I, you come up with this and then people will take an umbrella they won't bring it home they'll put it back after they borrow it so this is a story that my grandmother told me right back in those days so I asked her uh, no, so this was the days before I knew what umbrellas could do. So I said, why specifically umbrella? Why not raincoat? I was a child, right? Hmm. And she told me that umbrellas were very expensive back then. Right. Yeah, so if you lose an umbrella, it's a very costly lesson. <laughs> so it's, so there's two lessons here. Like One, don't go around stealing, stealing other people's umbrella because it's not nice. Yeah. Two is, because the umbrella is so costly, no one's going to just leave it around. So if yes. someone, if you find it lying around, there must be a more nefarious reason. Exactly, right? Okay, uh, Geraldine says, another urban myth or an urban legend that she's heard, that during the seventh month, if you hear wailing, crying, or the sound of cats fighting below your block, don't be curious and don't look out the window. Why? What's the logic behind that? Exactly, I'm not sure. I mean, you know, we have heard about you know, cats Dog, are, Dogs barking at, at shadow yeah, or dogs Animals barking at, are, are quite sensitive to uh, elements of the supernatural, right? Mm. But if go. cats fighting, I don't know about that. But uh, this, okay. uh, Carlos Cole um, actually posed a question as well. And uh, mm. I think as a Pranakan boy team, you might have heard of this one. Mm. Uh, washing your feet when you reach home. Okay. Did your grandma insist that you have to wash your feet when you reach home? Yes, but she didn't use a ghost. She used a cane. That was enough of a deterrent. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Mom, boss, lah! No. <laughs> okay, so the, the, the theory I've heard from my very pantang grandmother, mm. you wash your feet when you get home because ghosts, when they follow you and they're attached to you, is always at your ankles and your feet. So you wash when you come home. Now, Why I would they follow you? As in what? They're tiny. No, this could be like, you know, when you walk around somewhere, you, you know, just attach, uh, random spirit attaching themselves to you. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, they usually attach to your feet. So okay. there's also the Chinese belief that when you're possessed, you're walking tiptoe. You your feet is not flat on the ground. So, oh. yeah. So that's why you wash your feet because if anything dirty, you yeah. would wash the spirits away. Now, that is okay. the Hantu version. I've also spoken to someone who's more practical than I am. And he said that is a more rational reason for it. <laughs> so what is that? I, I'm going to channel E.T. Eugene To yep. into me right now and be the skeptic. So uh, I know there's a lot of skeptics out there like Grace Chai is one of them. She's always laughing at my, my stories. Mm. Uh, mm. He says that back in the old days when you are living in kampong houses, uh, you're sitting down on the floor to eat. You don't have okay. a table. You sit, like the Muslim house, you all sit around right. the floor to eat. So if you walk home with dirty feet, you are going to contaminate the food you eat. So you're oh. supposed to wash your feet, then come back, sit down, and enjoy the meal together. 
Right, 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 right. Okay. Well, that, that completely makes sense. And so to scare people into following those rules, they, what, maybe put a supernatural spin to it. Why not? I mean, as a parent, you would nag your child and say, hey, wash your feet. Uh. No, you give us food poisoning. He's not going to care. But the minute you say, oh, you haven't washed your feet yet. Uh. I think tonight, uh, one ghost is going to hunt you. Uh, you see, for the start to wash his feet and shower before coming in. So then again, that reinforces the whole idea that in Asian culture, if mm. you use ghost, it's the best way to keep people in check. Have you heard about the uh, about the ghost that tends to hang around supermarkets, right? And basically attaches itself to people who buy too many things. Yeah, I heard. Especially yeah. the, the, especially when you buy toilet paper because yes. the soul was all because you understand that, you know, the spirits and souls in trees, right? Mm. And toilet yeah. paper come from, you know, repurposed wood. On, on top of that, you know, ghosts are always looking for a home. And if you buy too many things, they think that, oh wow, you have enough supplies, right? And so they feel like you are welcoming them to be a part of your family. And that is why, ladies and gentlemen, you should not panic by during the whole COVID pandemic. Or a hantu will follow you home. I swear, okay? Years down the road, right? If people are talking about this, right? It'll be because of us, all right? And you heard it right here in Supernatural Confessions. <laughs> I love it, man. Okay, I'm just going to go through uh, some of the comments that people have left mm. us as well. we were talking. Uh, Geraldine said she, she brought home an umbrella. Mm. Uh, she, she saw something in the trees and then it, she heard wailing sound. And because it was during the seventh month, it would be the sound of ghosts passing through. Thomas Lim says, A story told by my friend. He went clubbing one night and he reached home quite high. He was walking back to his unit when he thought he saw a young kid sitting on the ledge facing out. He shouted at the kid saying, It's dangerous! But the kid jumped. So he rushed to look but couldn't see anything. He was half expecting to see a body downstairs. So he thought he was seeing things as he was, again, quite high. So he went to his flat, straight into his room and slept almost immediately. A while later, he was awoken by a loud breathing sound. When he opened his eyes, he saw the kid looking at him straight in his face, right in front. Probably didn't watch feet and go back to sleep. <laughs> so then what happened? He just kept reciting prayers, closed his eyes. According to him, he was paralyzed. Like, you know, sleep paralysis? So he couldn't hmm. do anything but pray and close his eyes. So I assume he probably fell asleep after that. All right. So now we know. Okay. So um, speaking of uh, stories as well, right? Um, last week, we were talking about uh, more urban legends, types of ghosts. I don't really know how it came up. And I mentioned, yes, there are also ghosts in Japan as well that tend to stick around the toilet. Okay. I vaguely remember that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I, I told you there was one particular, or rather there are a couple of uh, Japanese ghosts that are known to inhabit toilets. In fact, there's a whole bunch. It's not just one, okay? One is called the Akanami. Akanami! The monster in the toilet. And it is known to eat human filth. Ew. Yes. Now, Akanami are shy and they will hide when they sense uh, any human being approaching the toilet. However, some people may bump into one late at night. If you wake up late at night and you go to the toilet, you might bump into the Akanami. All right? They only appear in bathrooms which are dirty and filled of food for them to eat because, once again, they eat human filth, right? Mm. So the legend goes, if you want to keep the Akaname away, then you have to clean your bathroom. Somehow, Akaname sounds like the Adamami <laughs> food that I usually yeah. love to eat. 
Exactly, but once again though, this is a prime example. You can totally imagine how one of the ways to get people to clean up, right, was to introduce a tail like this. Yeah. I totally, I totally find that to be very effective. Like, even hearing us talk about this, that it could possibly be a tool for parents to use, the next mm. question I'm going to ask myself is, am I ready to test it out <laughs> to challenge <laughs> that notion <laughs> alright you know? so if your family goes hey why you don't clean the toilet why you don't flush then you say it's for an experiment because you're trying to attract the Akaname right <laughs> okay there is another ghost and this is probably the most famous uh, ghost uh, of Japanese toilets it is called Hanako of the toilet and there are many different stories about how uh, Hanako came to be, right? Many mm. different backgrounds. In fact, the, the wonderful thing about Japan is that you can take one character, but because there are so many different prefectures, so many different islands, so many districts, depending on which district that you go to, mm. they will have a different backstory for the same creature, okay? Yeah. And Hanako of the Toilet is the ghost of a girl. Now, I, like I mentioned, there have been many, many uh, anime uh, series that were actually created uh, revolving around Hanako. And once again, I say anime okay not hentai that's a completely different kind of uh, of uh, series altogether now hanako uh she is usually dressed in a, a white blouse and a red skirt she's got a bob haircut and she's the ghost of a girl that was killed by her mother she tried to hide in the toilet but her crazy mother found her and killed her okay and so they say and even to this day Japanese students, they dare each other, okay, to go and find Hanako. Go to the toilet, knock three times on each door of the toilet cubicles while calling out her name. Hanako. No, I thought it was the, the third cubicle of the third floor toilet mm. and knock three times. No, 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 no. So basically, if you have a long one, right? Yeah. You start on the first door, you knock three times on each door, right? On yeah. that door. And then you ask for her. Then you do the same thing to the second door, okay? And then you do this thing to the third door. After you've done this three times, because the uh, three is apparently the magic number, the third door all the way from the end that is supposed to open and that's where you hear the voice now the only problem with this theory is that you're assuming there are at least six toilet cubicles right what if there are less than six then how is Hanako gonna appear cannot lah so yeah you, so it's like you know some hotels they will skip the fourth floor they'll go straight to the mm. fifth floor so yeah. you know to avoid bad luck same thing lah so mm. if your toilets have less than six cubicles then Hanako cannot haunt it so that's the okay. way you game the system. <laughs> and what happens when Hanako answers? Nobody knows. Because no one has ever survived. Ding, ding, ding. Also, Jeridin said, because the toilet is the most in place, all the bad luck, the bad energy is all there. All right, so uh, we have been asking, of course, our supernatural confessors to submit their confessions uh, either through our Facebook page. You can reach out to us. We're very friendly. We will reply to you. Okay, so mm. feel free to submit them either through the website. Okay, you'll see a little form there or you can drop us an email or, of course, here on our Facebook page as well. Speaking of uh, submitting your confessions, I have a confession from a Grab driver. This is mm -hmm. an audio recording. He picked me up and so we started talking. Alan was sharing his story with me and I said, wait, could you do this while I record you? So there's a three minute clip. Uh, it's all him and me. Uh, I'm going to play this for you guys to, to listen. Tim, you have not heard of this. This is the first time for no. you. So uh, when I think when I was 21, I, 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 mean, I just passed my driving license, you know, 
yeah, go out, have fun, right? Yeah. And then there was one night where I had the car with me and then, you know, I was trying to, yeah, basically I was trying to get late, I guess. Mm. So I had one of my female friends with me and, you know, we were out, uh, you know, I mean, I had, I had one drink, uh, after that somewhere then we just went exploring so I was like you know you're not hungry she doesn't want to go she doesn't want to have supper she doesn't want to you know find a makeup spot no the thing is I, I wasn't thinking of that I was just thinking of you know like if she's really in the mood just you know head back yeah, head back over to my place and, yeah. but I but she wanted to just roam around Singapore so I said okay you know what nah, then, then she, she's, I think she suggested like let's just go to the cemetery you know and, and let's just drive around there you know wow. just, just to give ourselves some thrill, some thrill uh, get our adrenaline rush you know, rushing. So, uh, so I drove to the cemetery. Uh, yeah, I to come, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think it was, the, it was either the Chinese or the Christian cemetery. So, I was exploring the cemetery. We were just driving through. You know, this cemetery is just one lane road, right? Yeah. So, we just drive really slowly and it was pitched up. No, no lights were in the cemetery. So, uh, I think it was at the Chinese cemetery or the Christian one. Uh. So, back then, the car didn't have this whole Bluetooth thing. Uh, CD player. So I was playing one of my burn this all the mix songs. And the, the, you see, the CD was fine. You know, I've been listening to it on repeat already. I know I switched on CD radio, CD radio the whole day. So I was driving in the cemetery and then from nowhere, my CD player, right? The things nobody touched and she was just beside me. Yeah. It changed to FM. And then after changing to FM, the station started running. And then, you know, she had to just ask me, I think you do that. Yeah, I just said, no, Steph, don't say anything. I just said, don't say anything. But, sir, my my balls was in my throat already. And I was like, this is a bloody one lane. I cannot make a three-point turn. I really have to, you know, stay focused. And imagine I, I panic. I, lo- I lose my bearing. Boy. How the heck are we going to get out, right? You drive off and you get stuck in some ravine somewhere. Yeah. So, exited. Got Jal- managed to get Jalan Bahar. Only on the KJE, uh, that was when I... Oh my gosh, that what the heck was that? <laughs> but really, that one, uh, said that wow. I, I didn't see anything but that. Because we saw it happening in front of our eyes, right? It's like, who else is in the car with us? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like, did you bring anything home that day or not? I hope not. Most do you guys have sex after that? Yeah, we did. Oh, all the adrenaline must go somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did, yeah, we did. I did, I did. I did. <laughs> and that was... Ellen's confession? Of course, of course you had to ask the question, right? Did you have sex after that? <laughs> like just... really, after his entire story, right? About, oh, you know, there were there were things that were going on. You know, my CD player stopped. The, uh, you know, the FM station started coming on. The only thing you had to ask was, so did you have sex after that or not? Seriously, bro. It was the most Such important. Tico, no? It was the most important part, you know. But I'm, I'm happy he got late after that. You know, the adrenaline had got to go somewhere. But did he actually say that he did? Yeah, he was even recorded. He says, "Yes, I did. I did. Ha ha ha. I did." Okay. All right. You know. Um. So here's the thing, right? He goes to he goes to a a, a cemetery, okay, mm-hmm. because he's looking for somewhere quiet to uh, to make out with a girl. Mm. Of course, you and I, we love to believe in the hantu, okay? But what logical, scientific reasons do you think could be uh, responsible for some of the, uh, the things that he experienced that night? So this is where I channel E.T. the E.T. skeptic. Mm. Well, uh, brother, you know he is driving in a cemetery at night, right? And then there's, you know, all this uh, openness and 
uh, Lim Chu Kang Cemetery is near Jalan Baha there where it's all the military sites. So very clearly, la, I mean, this kind of thing uh, around the area shows a lot of uh, EMF, uh, EMF, electromagnetic field, you know. So it's not surprising that when you drive there, your electronic devices will just happen to skip. Uh. So I really don't think it's the Hantu. La. It's probably the EMF. La. Or maybe they are very tired and they imagine things. So, <laughs> so that's terrible. You know? Like ET, right, has spent years, right, trying to basically uh, investigate paranormal activity and all that. And you've pretty much just condensed, right, his years of experience into two things. One, you were tired, and two, it was the EMF. <laughs> Seriously. If I'm ever going to have a t-shirt for ET, right, it's going to be like, I'm tired and behind EMF. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Now, if the station had started skipping, right, or for instance, um, you know, it was one channel, but then suddenly it was it started getting fuzzy. The reception, I can understand maybe um, transmission issues, right? Reception depending on where you are, uh, sometimes that can be affected. But for your stereo to actually switch mode, meaning it was playing CD and then suddenly it went to radio and there was no remote control, okay? That's a bit weird. Unless, unless you know how sometimes um, you know your steering wheel, right? you have the controls that can control uh, your stereo, your volume and things like that on it. Maybe in his excitement, because he was looking for some hanky-panky, maybe he pressed the button and it switched. Okay, so I guess that would have been a, a question I wish we could have asked Alan, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, whether it was paranormal or whether it wasn't, the most important thing was, did you get laid that night? But you know, Tim, hearing the radio or the audio system switch from CD to radio if it isn't scary enough yep. imagine the next thing he says and then I heard the voice of Timo <laughs> <laughs> that would be scary because then the girl right would have been focused on me instead of him <laughs> and then it's going to be a different ending <laughs> no but here's something interesting I mean considering you like to ask uh, uh, grab drivers or you know private hire uh, drivers taxi drivers and all that um, about ghosts maybe you should try the whole do you believe in ghosts? Would you charge a ghost for giving them a ride? And if they say no, then you look at them and go, well, then I guess tonight's ride is free. <laughs> uh, keep those uh, comments coming in as well. We would love to engage more with you. Once again, if you just joined us, welcome to Supernatural Confessions. Shall I read this one here from GT? Yes, please. I had to travel to Jakarta for a long-term project. So I rented a small room in a hostel for the duration. Now the place was nice and clean and was on the second floor. And I got a room with a private bathroom. Now there was a window next to my bed with no trees outside my window. Now on the first night, I slept early. Now this was around 9 p.m. And then I started having weird dreams. I heard a voice calling me by my nickname. But here's the thing. Only my family members call me by this name nobody else and then suddenly I woke up with a start I remember all this was a dream right I goosebumps all over my arms and when I looked at the clock it was 3.33 a.m. and then I heard scratching sounds on my window right next to my bed the scratching sound was coming from outside the window and like I said my room was on the second floor and there were no trees outside. So it couldn't possibly be the wind blowing the tree branches against the window. Now I was gripped by fear. And then I remember 
praying. The moment I started with, Dear Lord, just those two words, I immediately heard three loud banging sounds in my window. It was almost like someone was punching the glass. And then the scratching stopped. Now I was so spooked and I was so exhausted, so I tried to go back to sleep. But that's when the scratching started again. Now I don't think I ever felt that kind of fear ever in my life. What was outside my window? So I started to pray again. But this time, the scratching kept on going while I was praying. And I remember how I ended my prayer. I said, Dear Lord, let no evil harm me. And the moment I uttered those words, the scratching stopped, followed by three banging sounds on the window. Now the banging was so strong, I, I was sure it was going to crack the glass. Now immediately after the scratching and the banging stopped, the rubbish bin in my room toppled over. So I pulled the blanket over my head and I just, I just kept on praying. I shut my eyes and I prayed for whatever was in the room would leave me alone. I was breaking out in cold sweat, but I just kept praying over and over. Now when I opened my eyes, I looked at the clock and it was the next morning, right? And I can't help but wonder, did I fall asleep while I was praying or was the whole thing a dream? So I thought it was over. Now the second night, as I slept, I had the same dream again. Someone was calling me by the nickname that only my family knew. And when I sat up in bed, I looked at the clock again, and it was 3.33. Now the whole ordeal repeated itself. The scratching, the praying, the banging. It happened again, again. It happened on the second night. It happened on the third night. And then I decided the next time it was going to happen, because part of me thinks this is still a dream, right? The moment I heard the scratching, I took a pen and I drew three circles on my arm. Okay? When I woke up the next day, I looked at my arm and I could still see the three circles, which tells me that it couldn't have been a dream, right? So I called my dad and my dad actually believed me. He didn't think I was bluffing. He didn't think I was crazy. He believed me and he said he was going to pray for me every night for the next week. And eventually, the scratching, the banging, it stopped. And then I thought, okay, it's over. But it wasn't. Now, if you want to know what happened to GT when he went back to Singapore, the rest of the story you can find on our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. I wasn't expecting that, but I love it. I love how you did that, Tim. No, like, also because I'm lazy, like, I didn't want to read the whole story out. Like, it's damn long. But yeah. thank you very much, GT. Yeah. Uh, Carlos says, the three knocks in GT's story, he thinks they're a sort of taunt to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? Christine says that 
wow, GT was very brave to stay a second night in the same room. What I think is particularly unnerving is that usually those of us who actually have a religion, we believe in God, we believe in a higher power, yeah. we believe that if we are good and we pay our respects to mm. the deities, uh, that we will be protected. But in this case, in GT's story, the more he actually tried to pray, the more he tried to turn to his God for help, the more violent the encounter turned into. And yeah, that's what I find is particularly unnerving. But that is the common trend when people are starting to get more religious and depending on uh, their religious powers. The entity, the evil entity, don't like that at all. So the more pious you are, the more likely you are going to face a lot of challenge from the uh, demonic entities or uh, evil entities. But that's exactly what makes it so scary because I guess it's just the way we've been conditioned. When all else fails, you turn to God. And if you can't even turn to God, then what do you do, right? And that is really the premise of all the horror movies, right? Mm, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Okay, let's see. Um, Jeffrey, are you online with us? Hi, guys. How are you? Very, very good. Hey, thanks for joining us, Jeff. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? Very, very good. So maybe you want to share with us uh, something that has occurred to you. Yeah, I think uh, this was, I think, some years ago back in uh, Perth. So I was there visiting some relatives over there. So there was one afternoon, I decided to go with them to some uh, burger place near Guilford. I mean, which is about 45, one hours away from the city itself. So as we were passing by there, we noticed that um, there were some interesting shops along the way. We decided to just pop by this antique shop that seemed to have some interesting things over there. And I went in with my, a couple of friends of mine. We just walked around the area. Then we, you know, there was just an old lady manning the place. Uh, so we just asked her, you know, like, you know, where these objects all came from. So she said that, oh yeah, you know, these were collected from uh, people who sold stuff here, and you know, some things were like hundred over years old. Um, so we decided just, you know, walk around the shop. We went to the back. Then we noticed that there was like a staircase leading up to the second floor. Um, but before we could even go up, we heard some running happening upstairs. So we thought, okay, you know, maybe there's some kids, you know, someone else was in the same house. So we went up, nothing was there. We only saw like an empty attic, you know, some chests laying about and all that. So we went down again. We didn't think much of it. Until we went, went back, we saw some dolls being sold by the side. Then we heard someone, some little girl giggling, you know, right near us. So I thought it was a friend of mine was playing a prank on me. Holy but, shit. Uh, yeah. But then again, he was, he was like looking at something else right. in the shop. So um, us being like, you know, sometimes, you know, we, you know, those ghost stories, you know, watch the movies and all that. We asked the lady like, you know, hey, um, what's the story behind this place? I mean, have you guys been here for long? So she said that, oh, you know, this, this place, I mean, this house used to be owned by a family a long time back, you know, mm -hmm. talking about maybe like 80, 90 years ago. Uh, but this so-called house was actually built up again because long time back, this was actually burned down and owned by mm. the family. Uh, but it so happened that when the, this particular house burned down, the whole family survived, except for their five-year-old daughter. Oh. Yeah. So we were kind of freaked out by that. I mean, we, we asked her, you know, if there's, she has seen anything in the shop, then she told us, you know, that she didn't see anything or whatnot. She never seen anything like that before. Did she tell you if... Uh... Yes, this this whole hearing, um, uh, giggling or, or people running, was this a common occurrence in this place? Or, or was this the first time she was she was hearing about stuff like this because you I, had encountered it? I suspect she was bullshitting about that because she didn't want to scare away customers. Mm. <laughs> you know, she doesn't like, I mean, she wants you to come back again, right? Mm. So we thought, okay, you know, um, we, we just look around for a bit and we said, okay, let's get out of here, you know, I mean. This Did you buy anything? Did you bring anything back with you? My friend bought some plates, but nothing happened to him. Yeah. So we decided, okay, let's get out of here. Um, okay. So we want to get some food. 
And then uh, we decided to take a, we decided to get get my friend's car, then we drove back. So it so happened that we stopped at the same traffic light, which was next to the, the antique shop that we were at. So as we were waiting there, my friend suddenly poked me from behind and told me, hey, look at the second floor. Mm-hmm. So he looked up, then we saw a small girl looking back at us. No way. Are you serious? I'm serious. I'm serious. I've never oh, been God. so panicky. I never wanted a red light turn green. Okay, okay. My so life. <laughs> now, can you, do you, I mean, this was probably some time back, but yeah. can you describe, was this very clear, this uh, apparition? Was it, did it look exactly like a little girl? Or, I mean, was she a bit faded? What was she kind of dressed? Could you see her face? Sure, I couldn't see her face, correct? But I could, I noticed I could see someone small, I could see a small figure in a dress just at a window. So, I mean, the rational you would say, hey, that's probably like a doll, you know, looking at us and whatnot. But, you know, when you're kind of freaked out at time, you know, you could see a lot of things. Wow. Yeah, so when you put one and one plus one together, like, you know, you hear giggles, you hear running upstairs, and you think like, okay, mm. something's really odd mm. going on here. So okay. I was wondering, yeah, if you guys had any experiences, you know, like in things happening in shops or, you know, yeah. old places. Okay, Eugene. Yeah. Uh, there's one. Uh, I think the there's a, a shop in Singapore, um, in Central Park, maybe slightly to the west. It's a very, very beautiful place. It's a whole warehouse where they keep a lot of vintage antiques. I posted some of the pictures on our Facebook group. Uh, a lot of the antiques came from um, auction houses. Uh, people who wants to uh, throw away old furnitures, and some of these old furnitures actually were belong to deceased. Uh, and when I went to the place, I could feel a very, very strong aura. I took some photos there. I posted it on our Facebook group, private group, and people actually said they can see spirits lingering around in some of these objects. So I do believe very much. In fact, there are some, I think there are two or three stories, in fact, on our blog site uh, where we talk about old paintings, old furniture, old something uh, that contains residual energy and hauntings of this nature is not uncommon. So for Jeffrey's story, I I would very much think that that is quite authentic. Okay, because yeah, sometimes for whatever reason, spirits can attach themselves to objects. And sometimes based on Eugene, what you actually shared with us regarding the story that you actually told us, sometimes the spirit attaches itself to an object that's completely unrelated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can get a spirit that attaches itself to a dollhouse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even though there was no connection between the object and the spirit. So I think in your case, uh, Jeffrey, I you're very fortunate that you didn't actually bring with you the uh, the object that the spirit had been attached to. At least she yeah, wasn't attached to the plates that you actually yeah. brought back with with you. But all in all, I mean, did you? I, I just want to know. I mean, just from a human interest point, mm. what were the what were the things that were running through your mind? Because I mean, obviously, for most people, we're not going to unless you're Eugene, just automatically it must be the hantu, <laughs> right? You will still try to work it out logically in your mind. So when you heard the footsteps, when you heard the giggling, how were you trying to process it in your mind? I think the first thing when you, I mean, when you hear the footsteps, you think, okay, there's probably some visitors, you know, some customers going, you know, upstairs and all that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if you go upstairs and see there's no one there, the first, then the next thing you'll be thinking, hmm. Maybe it's from the next door neighbor. I don't know. Could they be like be running around very noisily and then you can hear it from next door? Mm. And then when you start hearing the giggling, you would think to yourself, okay, I got, you know, friends trying to be funny or, you know, they're pranking. Then you realize that, hey, okay, wait, he's just like, he's not even near me. How is that possible? Yeah. So you start to rationalize that, okay, uh, 
because the first usually sometimes you don't think of ghosts at first but you think of maybe okay friend pranking then or, or maybe uh, you know, maybe some girl is like you know, out, like you know outside the shop, you know, laughing really loudly. So, yeah. After a while, you, you, after that, you realize, hmm, okay, all this isn't possible. You've seen too many ghost movies before. <laughs> Usually, someone dies in the end. Yeah. So, but now you know, it's been a few years. You processed it. Yeah. Do you think that it was a, a supernatural encounter? Hmm. <sighs> Probably like a fifty-fifty. Could be. Could not be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess in this day and age, if it would happen today or tomorrow, and you hear footsteps around you, it's probably because there are a lot of stay-home notices happening here in Singapore. <laughs> and yeah, if true. you can't see these people, it's because hashtag social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> so they I guess stay even the spirits outside, are doing that. Right? <laughs> exactly. Thank yeah. you so much, uh, Jeff. Thanks, guys. And call in any time. Okay. Sure. See you guys. Take care. You know what Jeffrey just went through is uh, is a stage of um, re- recovery denial and. It's very, very common, uh, myself included, most of us, uh, when we experience something supernatural and years have gone by and we are now in a very safe position, we start to doubt whatever that we have encountered was real. And uh, a lot of the things that I've encountered myself, when I look back, I start to ask myself, could I be tired? Like, not, not, I mean, I'm not joking about it, but could, could there be other reasons than hantu? Yes, we joke about everything being hashtag must be the hantu. I know that's a tagline. I laugh about it a lot. Uh, but when I go into actual proper investigation, I I do the opposite. I hardly go into any investigation thinking is a hantu. In fact, if anything at all, I go into an investigation assuming, first of all, that there is a rational explanation. And it's only after we have gone through all possibilities and we have no answers left and then the probable outcome is that it's an unnatural and an unexplainable phenomenon and that's when we say hashtag it must be the hunter of course you're looking at it from a very logical point of view right i mean because just like csi like a detective a police detective you look at things like motive but do spirits really need a motive to haunt you no or would you just kind of look at someone and go Haunting? Why would anybody want to haunt you? Because sometimes things could be completely random, right? It appears random to us who are not savvy with the spiritual world. It is very unrandom for the spiritual world. Everything happens for a reason. There is no such thing as coincidences. If a spirit is meant to haunt you at a certain time, at a certain point in your life, that was designed as such. I'm not talking about randomly walking and kicking seven months. I'm talking about like, demonic attack or an entity who if you walk into a new place that is haunted and you stay there well that is a change of lifestyle and you might have gone into someone's territory but I'm talking about all things being equal no problem at all living in the same house doing everything as you've been doing as per normal and suddenly you can start seeing ghosts suddenly something start haunting you you are destined for that and that's when you need more help than just praying well, Judy actually just sent us a text to say 3 a.m. is the witching hour, usually known for demonic and spiritual realms because apparently it's the opposite time when Jesus died on the cross. What do you know about the witching hour? What time is the witching hour supposed to be? Okay, to be fair, the thing about the witching hour was what I've heard and I think most of us have heard through Hollywood. 
the whole thing about the Trinity, the the uh, witching hour, the, the the mockery of the Trinity. That's all on Ghost Adventurers. That's all on stuff that I too have read and seen online. But I I myself have no basis on how much how true that is. So I cannot confirm or debunk it. Uh, but it's interesting to know that it's not 12pm and it's now 3am, that's a new witching hour. Janan actually said Jesus died at 12 noon, but at his death, darkness covered the land until 3pm. So maybe there is some link to 3, we're not sure. What do you think? Please tell us uh, in the comments, reach out to us as well, okay? Now, okay, so just uh, running through the, uh, the, the Facebook comments that we've been yeah. getting, yeah. Uh, Geraldine actually says, the more fear you show, the more reaction you will get from the entity. Is that true? That's 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 the that that is generally true because we heard a lot of stories where if you get pissed off and scold the ghost and then it will go away, or if in a group and the, the usually the one who's gonna get haunted is the most chicken shit one. So yeah, maybe there's some truth to that. Okay, uh, Christine also uh, dropped us a message. She said, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but when my grandma passed away, we had to wake under the block and we bought some of her favorite food. One of them was chikwe. I bought five pieces for her and I put it nicely on the plate for her and there was a fork next to the plate and when I returned about five minutes later, there were slits all over the chikwe. And nobody was near there because only my uncle and myself were present. So it wasn't my uncle and it wasn't her. Why were there slits on the chikwe? I don't know very much about Chikwela. For all you know, when it's hot, right, the skin splits. But what does this sound like to you? I, I don't know. I never heard of ghosts needing to use a fork. Like when, when you offer food to spirits, offer food to deities, uh, you would hear stories that if you were to taste the food after you have offered it to the, the, the deceased or to the deity, the food would lose its flavor. A lot mm. of people have actually mentioned that. You eat a chikwe after you leave it out for three hours, you'll lose its flavor. So whether it's really the deity or the ghost who have ate it and then it's now flavorless or whether it's three hours uh, later, but that is usually what people say about food when it's given to uh, the supernatural entity. To see lines in your chikwe as if someone has put a fork in it, I don't know. I cannot confirm that that's something I'm aware of, but I would find it very interesting if that happened to me because I'd be like grandma <laughs> you know because I want to believe I want to believe that my dead ancestor is around the house okay Janan says many years ago I was at a youth camp at the old Sentosa holiday chalet and there was a lady who had a manifestation when I did my prayer I had an out of body experience where my sight was removed from my body and I was outside the chalet door and while I was visualizing all of this, I saw a demon standing there, but it could not pass because of my prayer. You shall not pass! You moving out of the body, out of body experience, uh, OBE is so common, there are so many multiple books written about it. Seeing a demon, and because your prayer has, uh, you know, protected the room, I'm not here to debunk anyone's re religion, but mm. in order for your prayer, to prevent a demon from coming, you have got to be fucking strong in your faith or it is you who have the innate ability to battle off demons as some people are born with such skills. So I, I do not think a simple prayer would suffice because if it did, anytime we face a supernatural experience and we pray, we should be safe. But we have learned, many of us have done that that doesn't really work for us. But if mm. you can have the ability to use prayer to 
chase off a demon you are destined for more work that you may not realize right just yet yeah please give us your number okay and then we will refer people to you okay those who are having their own spiritual problems in response to uh kim judy's message earlier on about what time jesus actually died i think we've uh, we've had a pretty um, productive uh facebook live session tonight so do us a favor drop us your messages okay share with us your stories tell us what it is that you want to hear we will do our best but we do need your help okay both to supply us and help us with content and number two to help spread the word as well because really that's the only way we are going to get more content is if we uh, reach a greater number of people and now that that with the whole COVID situation, you're staying home a little bit more, you got no excuse, okay? So once again, head over to supernaturalconfessions.com, all right? You will see a form down there. Fill it up if you have, even better still, because now we got visuals, right? If you have pictures, or you got sound, you send it to us as well, and we can incorporate it into the show. Or better still, if you want to be part of the show, Eugene will get you onto the show, either through a Skype call or through a video or, or something as well, okay? So once again, all the information at supernaturalconfessions.com. Can you tell that as the time has gone by, we have gotten drunker and drunker and drunker? <laughs> That's how it usually works for us, right, Tim? Yeah. Anyway, let's end off the way we usually do on podcasts. So until our next installment, my name is Timo. And I'm Eugene Tay. And you're listening to Supernatural Confessions. Supernatural Confessions.